Some of you know that feeling of being out on a boat while on rough seas. You get in after the waves have been choppy, your boat has been rocking back and forth, and you step out of the boat onto the rolling dock and then take your first step on shore. And you feel like the whole world is rocking beneath you. That's certainly how I have felt the last few weeks. I am disoriented. We're all feeling disoriented. Some days the ground is stable, but others it is rolling. And in this season of pandemic, there are some very serious things happening. But occasionally, sometimes all we can do with what we encounter is to laugh. Two weeks ago, I was lifting a dish out of the oven and it slipped out of my hands. The dish took a nosedive right into the glass door of the oven and shattered it into large shards of glass. As it cooled, I had to climb inside it to find a serial number. And may I say, I am so grateful that the appliance repair business is considered an essential one. However, four attempts to get the right part and to not have it arrive broken have not been successful yet. So we are still ovenless and we do have a very old toaster oven, but being not that confident with my cooking skills to start with, I've not really been able to master it. The best I can do is burnt on both sides and uncooked in the middle. Earlier this week, all five of our gas stovetop igniters wouldn't stop clicking. And as I crawled into the pan shelves to unplug it, my daughter was texting her friends, calling out loud, our oven is broken. Our stovetop is about to blow. Dear God, don't let anything happen to the microwave. <sighs> I've heard other stories from many of you that we have either laughed at or cried at together. We're all a little disoriented, shaken, confused. Many of us find ourselves asking, where is God when we are so disoriented? I've had times of fear, anxious thoughts at night when I wake up for hours, and a general fatigue and exhaustion that I can't shake. But in the midst of the crisis, God shows up. In my disorientation, he reorients me with his love. I've experienced moments of grace and joy and a sense of his presence. I've laughed with my daughter and started running with her. I've danced with my spouse in our living room. And I've often woke up thankful for this holy pause with my family. Getting to interact with many of you digitally in Bible studies and meetings over phone and email, you've reflected God's love to me. Your courage has shorn mine up on hard days. Our scripture reading for today that Carol and Wes read to us about tells the story of two followers of Jesus that are walking away from Jerusalem, from days of chaos, and we find them on this road disoriented, distressed, and confused. They can't make sense of what's happening. They're wondering too if God is in their present crisis. So let's look again at Luke's story on the road to Emmaus in chapter 24, verses 13 through 18. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Notice Jesus is with them. He tracked them down. And even though their eyes were kept from recognizing him, perhaps his cloak had hidden his face, or as they walked in towards dusk, the sun might have been in their eyes. But we also know it's true that his resurrected body was not always easily recognizable to his followers. I love the fact that these two disciples were not part of the inner circle, but they had followed Jesus and believed in him. Cleopas is named, but that other disciple is not. There are different speculations about who that other disciple was. And I personally find it helpful to imagine myself as that unnamed disciple. Maybe you would find it helpful too. These two are struggling with a myriad of emotions, confused, sad, so much so that it stopped them in their tracks, irritated at the person who doesn't understand what's taken place, and then shocked, like with the women who saw what Jesus, that Jesus was there, but others did not. And they're feeling lost and disoriented. Notice Jesus was there the whole time, as he is with us in our wanderings and our wanderings. Do you see him in your story, even in this crisis? Well, we, like the disciples, need Jesus to make it clear for us, to reorient us in our confusion, to give understanding. He invites them to see things from God's perspective, to see more deeply into the story. So let's take a look together at verses 26 through 27. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This was the best Bible study ever. Can you imagine God sitting down, reviewing all the stories of the scriptures from Moses, his first deliverance of his people, to Jesus' life and resurrection? All of these were pointing to the awaited Messiah that had to suffer to enter God's glory. All that came in God's word beforehand pointed to Jesus himself. So Jesus is guiding, making plain, sharing the truth as we listen to him. He's using God's word to instruct. He doesn't want anyone to not get the truth of what he's sharing. And he, he turns to these two who are not part of that intimate circle. And he journeys seven miles with them. It's not Jesus speaking to large masses, just to a few. He does that for us as well. And what happens to us when we hear God's truth? Sometimes we read scripture to be faithful, but at other times, like these disciples, our hearts burn within us. Many times in the past month, my heart has burned within me at certain scriptures like, come unto me, Heather, and I will give you rest. Or I've had one or two of you describe a text or a prayer that you're praying and it's what's on my heart as well, and I know God is showing up. 
I feel my spiritual cup is being refilled and that his grace is washing over me. God shows up in my crisis and in yours. And maybe even now we see him more clearly. This burning of the heart is a gift from God and it's a work of the Holy Spirit. When we're touched by God's word and his presence, he gives us purpose to our story and a story to tell. Let's look at what happens when Jesus becomes clear to the disciples. Starting at verse 30, when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Imagine you were at the table, seeing Jesus blessing and breaking the bread, and your eyes are opened. This is the same man who blessed and broke bread when he multiplied the loaves and fishes, and again in the upper room. All that he taught from the Bible came clear. He is the Messiah, whose body and blood would be the ultimate offering for sin once and for all. He nourishes us by filling us with his spirit so we can live as one of his disciples. Notice how Jesus vanished and these disciples see what they're not doing. They're not grieving or searching under the table for him, but they are now different. They are changed instantly. They rose up right away and returned seven miles, which is a long journey to repeat after just having arriving at their destination. They found the eleven and proclaimed, The Lord has risen indeed. Jesus transformed grief to joy, confusion to excitement and rejoicing. In the midst of the trials, God changes us. God loves us, surprises us, and reorients all our grief and confusion. And it happens in all kinds of situations at a time of crisis. My son's wedding was supposed to happen on March 28th with a large guest list. And with each passing day of the coronavirus, I was grieving for him and his fiance at what was happening to their event. It got reduced from 100 to 50 to 10. And until March 21st, a week before the date, we didn't know what was gonna happen, but the governor of New Jersey declared that all services had to be done by that evening. So our son called us at 3.30 and said, can you get here by 6.30? The priest is willing to marry us before the deadline. So we drove, we, we raced back two hours ourselves um, to get there in time. Now it was not all that was planned. And yet there were eight of us present, including the priest. They live streamed all 11 minutes for friends and family in the States and abroad that couldn't attend in person. And it was sweet and tender and exceeded our hopes. The Catholic priest with his Irish brogue said, this is what it's all about, saying our vows to one another in the sight of God and the church. My grief for them not having the wedding that we had hoped turned into joy and rejoicing. God shows up for me and for you, wherever we are. 
Stanwood Church, I have good news. God is showing up through you. I am awed by how many of you are doing things unto others, as Jesus did. Your stories are part of that gospel work of Jesus and his power right now as you love the church family. That's included rolls of TP, meals, groceries, food, and acts of compassion. You've been checking in on the homebound, attending virtual pivot breakfast, signing up for World Vision's 5K for clean water, and celebrating that Jesus Christ is risen indeed. As a congregation, you've shifted overnight to caring for one another virtually. While also respecting the need for social distancing, you've leaned in to one another at a time that most people are afraid of others. We realize how much in times like this we need one another and God. You not only are doing good works of love and mercy, but you are sharing the good news with neighbors, friends, and new acquaintances. Like Cleopas and his friend, you are on the move with good news, finding purpose in disorientation and having God reorient you with his love. For those listening today who have not yet sensed that burning within your hearts, Jesus is tracking you down and longs to make things clear to you. He has a purpose for your story as well. And I invite you to pray with me now to invite God to show up for each of us. Let us pray. Jesus, just as you have showed up for two people on the road to Emmaus, we pray you show up for us in our crisis right now. Be the Savior in this crisis and in my heart. I realize I've lived lost and disoriented for too long, and I need your love to show up, to make me clean, to give me a new start. Come into my heart and my home today. I ask in Jesus, your holy name. Amen.